peace to you. Welcome to The Naked Truth, and thank you for joining me. We are going to pick up where we left off in the book of Second, I'm sorry, 1 Kings, and we've made it to chapter 5. If you want to read along with me, let's begin. Verse 1. Now Hiram, king of Tyre, sent his servants to Solomon because he heard that he that they had anointed him king in place of his father, for Hiram had always loved David. So, um, couple of things about this one. People were talking about is King David, same David and Goliath David. Uh, he's gone. Now his son Solomon has uh, has taken his place as king. Um, so the people around him are basically uh, sending gifts to him, just like uh, when a new president is announced and the different heads of state and so forth uh, go and, and basically wish him well. Um, so the area is the Middle East, like we've been reading. Um, but the thing that stands out about me about this verse is the same place is the same name of the person who's the most recent um, victim of police brutality, um, the one with the headline maker anyway, um, Tyree Nichols. Although they pronounce his name Tyree, the place is called, is pronounced, could be pronounced Tyree also, I suppose, but as far as I know, it's pronounced tire, just like tire on your car. Um, it, but either way, that's, it just brings it to mind to me that another victim of police brutality, and again, nothing changes with the whole white supremacist system. No one seems to notice how there's instant reaction and consequences when uh, the based on the race of the people. I guess some people have noticed it. Um, but it's very, very different. And it's a shame that um, it's just so wicked. Verse 2, then Solomon sent to Haram saying, so now Solomon is sending a message to that same king who is basically welcoming him as the new king. Verse 3, you know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord, his God, because of the wars which were fought against him on every side until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet. So now Solomon is bringing up to Tyre the fact that his father David wanted to build a temple uh, uh, to, he's saying his Lord. Um, it's interesting he doesn't say the Lord, he's saying his Lord, as in almost as if it's not the same Lord. And from other uh, resources outside of the Bible, it's believed that Solomon, well, I mean, even inside the Bible, we know Solomon ended up marrying lots of different women, hundreds, if you believe the narrative, um, from all sorts of different backgrounds, and that that was part of what influenced his own um, spiritual walk and sort of led him astray, at least according to the way it reads. Um, so maybe he's not referring to the same Lord as his Lord, because um, uh, the Lord here in this verse uh, that's being referred to as the Lord, David's Lord, and as we've read before, it's the one named Jehovah. And as we've read before, that's not consistent in the Bible. And we aren't even halfway through the Bible. But anyway, he's remembering and he's sort of getting it right that, yeah, that he wasn't the one to build the temple. Um, and But he's sort of flipping the script, saying um, that the wars are fought against him on every side. Whereas, at least according to the way it read when we read it, his father David would start some of those fights, which fed a lot of that blood unnecessarily many times, and go picking fights, at least the way it read. 
So he's kind of right, but I guess you he's um, being diplomatic. Verse 4, but now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There's neither adversary nor evil occurrence. So now he's claiming the Lord his God, and Lord here still is being translated from Jehovah, God from the word Elohim, uh, name Elohim, I guess. God is, is, is capital G, but Elohim is a lowercase e that is translated from. I'm not sure if the Hebrew uses uh, lowercase and capital in their uh, alphabet or not. Um, and the website I'm using, blueletterbible.org, uh, to read this with you, it seems they do have capital letters and lowercase letters, letters in the different translations, but that may be just the... Um, site itself doing editing there, not necessarily the original transcripts. Either way, Solomon is now identifying the same Lord as the Lord that's made his way prosperous and comfortable. Verse 5, And behold, I propose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God, as the Lord spoke to my father David, saying, Your son, whom I will set on your throne in your place, he shall build a house for my name. So now um, that contradicts what we've read again and again in other parts of the Bible, namely the New Testament, about no one having seen God at any time, no one having heard God's voice at any time. And yet again and again, we read in the Old Testament, people who say they've had these interactions with the Lord. And so I'm just reading it as the Lord as always, because it reads that way, whether I believe that's God Almighty or not is another story. But we've been over that a bunch of times, so I won't get into that again. Just so you understand, I'm just going to read it as Lord, since that's how it reads, just in case it's your first time reading along with me. Um, and one other thing, David wasn't allowed or was forbidden from building the temple because he had shed blood. He was a man of war, not because people were picking fights with him all around him, but because he was uh, a warmonger, basically. And at least according to the narrative, that's why the Lord forbade, forbade him from being the one to build the uh, holy temple, the religious temple. And was and he was told, David was told at that time that his son Solomon, the new king, is the one who would build the temple. Verse 6, Now therefore, command that they cut down cedars for me from Lebanon, and my servants will be with your servants. I will pay you wages for your servants according to whatever you say, for you know there's none among us who has skill to cut timber like the Sidonians. So now he's um, using some flattery, but also letting money talk. He's telling the um, people of Tyre, and Tyre and Sidon are basically neighbors. So, um, and, and on Lebanon, same Lebanon as in modern times, all basically north of what's um, considered the Holy Land, Palestine, Canaan, however you want to think of it, it's north of the area known as Israel in modern times. Um, he's flattering them, saying he knows nobody can do the job like they can, but also letting them know whatever it is they want to charge him, he's willing to pay for the lumber to build the temple. Verse 7, so it was when Haram heard the words of Solomon that he rejoiced greatly and said, Blessed be the Lord this day, for he's given David a wise son over this great people. So um, he was approached with flattery. He's returning the flattery. He's telling um, Solomon he's a blessing to his people and um, how wise he is. And um, 
he's even go, uh, addressing, he's saying the same Lord, uh, he's saying addressing the same Jehovah as Lord, or I, I shouldn't say addressing because he's not praying at this point. He's, um, I shouldn't even say acknowledging. He's um, mentioning, I guess would be the closest word, uh, the same Lord as the Lord that they that Solomon and David uh, worship as the Lord Jehovah, even though he almost certainly is a different religion, for lack of better words, than the people, than the Israelites were at that time. Verse 8, then Haram said to Solomon, saying, I've considered the message which you sent me, and I will do all you desire concerning the cedar and cypress logs. So he's basically tired. I'm sorry, um, Aram is basically letting Solomon know you have yourself a deal. I like what you your offer and I accept it. Verse 9, my service shall bring them down from, from Lebanon to the sea. I'll float them in rafts by sea to the place you indicate to me and will have them broken apart there. Then you can take them away and you shall fulfill my desire by giving food for my household. So He's trading the lumber, the timber, the logs, the wood for the temple. Ty, um, the king of Tyre is with Solomon um, in exchange for food. Um, now, what does that mean? His people are impoverished, so they don't have food of their own. Why wouldn't he be trading it for some other uh, natural resource? Gas, oil. I'm sorry, not gas, but oil or um, or wood. Or not, Obviously not wood either. Um, I guess food would be the thing he traded for since it's an agricultural society with lots of different um, things like figs or um, sheep and goats and such. I guess it would make sense that he's trading it for food. But um, whatever case may be, that's what the agreement is. He's uh, asking food in exchange for the, the, the cypress logs being brought down to him. For the temple. Verse 10, then Haram gave Solomon cedar and cypress logs according to all his desire. So just like in the Waltons, he's fulfilled their order for as much, much uh, wooden timber as he wants. Uh, uh, the king of Tyre is fulfilling King Israel's um, request for the wood. Verse 11, Solomon gave Haram 20,000 cores of wheat as food for his household and 20 cores of pressed oil. Thus Solomon gave to, gave to Haram year by year. So they've made the agreement. Now they've even made the exchange. Solomon has given him um, 20,000 cores. I don't know how much a core is, but 20,000, just about anything other than hair is a lot. So he's basically um, uh, fulfilled his part of the bargain by providing the food. Um, as well as the oil. And um, so in modern times, it would be petroleum. That would be the oil um, that would be on the, com the commodity that's traded. Back then, the oil is probably olive oil, uh, but not necessarily. It's not named that. Um, and since we're here, I'm just going to check and see how much a core is, if um, at least according to the sources, since we're here. Let's just see. Um, See, I'm just gonna do a search. Oh. 
an ancient Hebrew unit of liquid capacity about 200 liters. Oh, I'm sorry, 230 liters. It had the same volume as the Homer, a dry measure. Oh, okay, so that's good to know. A core is the same as a Homer, but a Homer is dry measure, uh, whereas uh, the core is liquid measure. And forgive my math, of uh, it, 230 liters. So there's basically four liters to a gallon. So 50 plus 50, lots and lots and lots of oil is what he's, um, the exchange made. So I would think that has to be not just for his own household, but for the people. But maybe not. Maybe it's um, the elite looking out for the elite. Uh, the uh, Whatever the case may be, the deal has been made and the, the um, swap has happened. Verse 12, so the Lord gave Solomon wisdom as he had promised him. And there was peace between Haram and Solomon. And the two of them made a treaty together. So um, they're doing business and they're at peace. Verse 15, then King Solomon raised up a labor force out of all Israel, and the labor force was 30,000 men. So he's got tens of thousands of people behind him, um, and he's put them to work. Verse 14, and he sent them to Lebanon, 10,000 a month in, in ships. They were one month in Lebanon and two months at home. Adoniram was in charge of the labor force. So, uh, He's putting them to work and giving them shifts, just like in modern times, to um, uh, go do the work. Uh, hopefully they're being paid for it. We don't know. Verse 15, Solomon had 70,000 who carried burdens and 80,000 who quarried stones in the mountains. So 150,000 um, working in those uh, parts of getting the job done um, in burden bearing like beasts of burden would, and um, tens of thousands in uh, harvesting or gathering, mining the stones that would be used for the building. Verse 16, besides 3,300 from the chiefs of Solomon de Solomon's deputies who supervised the people who labored in the work. So 3,000 or so were the uh, 3,300 exactly were uh, the ones who were in charge of everybody who's at work. Those were the bosses. Verse or foreman, I guess. Verse 17. And the king commanded them to quarry large stones, costly stones, and hewn stones to lay the foundation of the temple. So they're gathering the raw materials, all the stones and things needed to build the temple uh, is Solomon's plan. Verse 18. So Solomon's builders, Aram's builders, and the Gebelites quarried, quarried them, and they prepared timber and stones to build the temple. So they're gathering all the different stones, quarries of them, just like in the Flintstones, uh, large slats of stone so that they can make the temple uh, manifest. That's the last verse in this chapter. That's where we'll end this reading. As always, thank you for joining me for The Naked Truth. Appreciate it, and hope you'll join me again. I love you. God bless you. See you next time. Peace be with you.